Welcome to Real Time, the podcast for and about realtors, presented by CREA, the Canadian Real Estate Association. I'm your host, Erin Davis, and I am so excited to be talking with a woman who is a keynote speaker, a tech exec, and a recent honoree by the Globe and Mail. And she's also very passionate and hugely knowledgeable. So we're going to talk about business innovation. And what is that? Well, on its own, the phrase may feel as amorphous as any other buzzword. With today's guest on Real Time, we're going to delve into its meaning and the opportunities that business innovations hold for realtors. On episode 33 of Real Time, we are joined by researcher and author Dr. Chitra Onan to unpack that and to explore an important new movement in the workplace, intrapreneurship. You heard that word correctly, not entre, but intrapreneurship. Learn how you can foster an innovative spirit to challenge conventional thinking and spur new ideas. Dr. Anand breaks it all down, including how to focus your efforts if you're a smaller business with limited resources and why within chaos lies innovation. So let's go. Here's Real Time with Dr. Chitra Anand. Dr. Anand, thank you so much for joining us for Real Time. And you know this, but I don't know if our listeners do. The Globe and Mail has named you one of 2022's top change makers. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's all about reinventing how Canada does business. So we thought it would be a perfect, perfect time to talk with you about just this. And can you tell us first, though, a bit about yourself and the concepts and practices that you explore that helped you to make this illustrious list? Thank you, and um, wonderful to be here with you all. Um, certainly. So I have a background in the technology industry. I've spent about 25 years in the tech space, sort of started my career um, right when the tech boom happened in the late 90s out of sheer curiosity. I didn't know anything about technology at all, but was particularly interested in what was happening at that time. So I started my career um at open text and interestingly enough i was hired because i could speak french not that because i knew anything to do with technology so it was quite an interesting time so one of my uh encouragements for the listeners is to really leverage your multidisciplinary skills so everything right. that you that you do outside of what you do on a day-to-day basis don't discount them because they are very valuable um, and from there i spent 10 years at telus a great canadian company had about three or four careers there, particularly in the marketing and sales capacity and sort of saw them transform. So if you know TELUS, Aaron, it was a telco and then it emerged into an integrated communications provider. And then from there, wanted to reinvent myself and went to Microsoft as their chief brand and marketing officer and had a wonderful opportunity there to help drive their transformation. So quite fascinated by the tech space, but I also have a deep, deep love and passion for academia. And that's sort of how I've been raised. My parents are academics and it's in my blood. When I was there, Erin, I had really interesting observations in terms of how work is done. Why do we do the things that we do? And why don't we try to change how, just because we used to do something and do something a certain way, and we're talking about historical companies, you know, we can't accept that in terms of the way things should be done. And my my research and my doctoral research and my PhD is on entrepreneurship. And it's really around challenging the way business is constructed, be it 
from a, um, a process perspective, be it from a product innovation, but it's really challenging the status quo. And I wrote a dissertation on entrepreneurship, how to scale innovation from within organizations. And that really is challenging. You know, if the world has changed, why do companies continue to operate the way that they do? And I wrote a book about it called The Greenhouse Approach. And really the, the ethos of that book, Erin, is, you know, how do we create environments that emulate a greenhouse with the right ingredients, the right leadership, the right thinking. And how do we do that and make it flourish? And if we did that, we could flourish wonderful outcomes, regardless of what discipline and industry that you're in. And I think that coming out of the global pandemic, you know, there's been a, a, a political uncertainty and, a, and, you know, with climate change and economic volatility. And so I think they were looking at ways that people are, are, are going to help organizations sort of rise above some of the setbacks that we've had and perhaps reimagine how we do things moving forward. I love the way that you talk with such passion and you do a lot of speaking and writing and teaching and consulting. But I have to tell you, as I was making notes in preparation for today's chat, my computer kept trying to correct me when I wrote entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not a word that's really part of the lexicon. So you're going to have to take it down for me and my spell check and just <laughs> explain what you see as entrepreneurship. And and how it relates to the people that we're talking to here today, mostly realtors. Mm -hmm. So entrepreneurship is not a net new term. And so I would proudly say that I'm one of the most current academic thinkers on it. And that's why I, I chose the topic. And I was quite fascinated because I've been an entrepreneur my entire career and I didn't realize it. And I'm positive that people listening to this could uh, associate and, and make some connections that they might be entrepreneurial as well. Um, entrepreneurship by definition is somebody who takes an entrepreneurial approach from within an organization, somebody who challenges conventional thinking to drive innovation and create new ways of approaching business. And I have probably 20 top traits of what entrepreneurs are. So um, happy to dive in to that with you if you're interested in that as well, Erin. Are those in the book as well? They are. The Greenhouse Approach. And who publishes that and where do we find it? Yes. So that book was published by Dundurn Press. Um, it's available on Amazon, online at Chapters, Indigo. So that's very accessible online. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, what are you trying to help businesses to do differently then? That's kind of what you're talking about with entrepreneurship. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So entrepreneurship is really about rethinking how we innovate and, and approach the work that we do from inside organizations. Entrepreneurship is much about the people. And so I talk a lot about how people are our most important asset. They are our competitive differentiator as we know it in the marketplace right now. Every organization in, in several different industries are sort of, you know, dealing with this war on talent. How do we attract talent? How do we maintain talent? How do we support talent? And these people, and I would say a lot of them are entrepreneurial. So these are sort of the, the people that challenge the status quo. These are the people that are, are okay with taking risks. 
These are the ones that push boundaries and don't stop from when you do get a hard stop within organizations. They're, they're, they're deeply motivated by a deeper purpose and passion to produce good work and to solve problems. Uh, these people are trendsetters. These are bold decision makers. Uh, they're, they're, they're researchers. They're writers. They, they take um, a worldview perspective on what's happening in the world and bring that back into the organization. And so it's really about harnessing the power of these kinds of people to drive the right outcomes for your business. When we return, are you ready for disruption? In all the best ways, of course. <laughs> Around one quarter million. That's how many listings you and potential clients find simply by clicking on realtor.ca. And there's so much more than properties. They'll find design trends for the future, how to narrow down needs and wants for the place of their dreams, all at your clients and your fingertips. Realtor.ca, no wonder it's the most popular and trusted real estate website in Canada. Now, back to Dr. Chitra Anand, researcher, author, and guest on Real Time, who says the time to shake things up is now. The realtor industry has, I think it's ripe for disruption. I think there's an opportunity for tremendous change. I believe that one of the mantras that I have is within chaos lies innovation. I think that, you know, we've got so many problems to solve from a realtor perspective, from affordable housing uh, to a housing shortage. Realtors have an opportunity to reimagine how they do what they do and why they do what they do. I mean, if you think about, you know, um, the, the business transaction, you know, you want to go beyond the fact of this business transaction of you're going to come here and facilitate the sale of my home or you're going to help me find my new home. It's one of the most important decisions a family or an individual can make. And these people are, are at the heart of it. But I truly believe that realtors have an opportunity to diversify and to challenge yep. how this is actually facilitated in our marketplace. So this is the business innovation then, the term that can feel lofty at times, but that you're actually kind of, in theory here, putting into practice. Can you kind of explain that to us and why you've said that you have a love-hate relationship with innovation? I do have a love-hate relationship with the word innovation because innovation is a term that's, you know, overused quite a bit, as we know, and it's misunderstood at times. And it's not about just new products to market. So people often shy away from the term to say, well, it doesn't apply to me because that's a, it's about creating new products or it's about a new technology. And I would beg to differ. And it's really about creating value. And it shows up all sorts of ways, be it through marketing or sales, but it's really the value that you produce in terms of a new process, a particular service, how you connect with your customers how you perhaps create and maintain talent, all of that is innovation. That can look like change for the sake of change for people who like things the old way. And there are a lot of people who find comfort and safety in that. And no one can blame them in a time of uncertainty, as you say. But of course, opportunity out of chaos as well is something else I'm holding on that you've said. So what if something's not broken, doctor? Should you look to improve it? Absolutely. I mean, look at what's come out of the pandemic. I would say that 
the pandemic just accelerated sort of what was upon us and organizations and industries were forced to adapt their businesses in order to survive. And, you know, in my research, I look at, you know, I, I apply Darwinianism theory and it's really around not the strongest of the species that are nor the most intelligent that survive. It's the one that's most adaptable to change. And, mm-hmm. you know, that is a universal truth. You saw new businesses born as a result of the pandemic. You saw businesses accelerate in their decline. You know, so I'm quite of the mindset that if you go to any big tech firm, Aaron, or any industry, they don't go from zero to 100 overnight. It is a constant iteration of, of, of change. When Apple comes out with their new product or service, there's no major change over, you know, from the first phone to the second phone to the third. It is a series of small changes along the way. And then if you go from the first version to the sixth version, you'll see that there's several different changes. And so I would encourage realtors to really think about their business in terms of this constant change and disruption, because, you know, the one thing that we can certainly learn from the environment that we're in is that, you know, no industry is immune to disruption. There will be a startup or there will be a macro change, be it an outside force, be it social, political, economic, that will impact that industry. And there is a preparedness that is incumbent upon the professional realtor to be thinking ahead of the game. It was Abraham Lincoln who said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. We're looking ahead at how not to be scared off by this race to the future when we return with Dr. Chitra Anand. This is our 33rd episode, and thanks to you, Real Time has seen a lot of growth, but we've got so much more in store, and obviously, we are doing this together. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and do please spread the word about Real Time, just for you, from the Canadian Real Estate Association. So we talk about looking down the road, and I think a lot of people see that as sort of a technological challenge. Uh, Companies looking at AI, for example. Mm -hmm. What fears can we allay in terms of what we embrace, what we don't embrace? How can you not be, let's say, intimidated by everything that's out there and the leaps and bounds that so many industries are taking, doctor? It's a very good question. You know, the fact of the matter is we are in the fourth industrial revolution, right? So this is the time of AI, mixed reality, augmented reality. We're in this information overload. So it is very easy to become overwhelmed. What is important for realtors or any business professional or entrepreneur to realize is that there is always going to be low-hanging fruit. And the opportunity that business people and realtors have is to be able to take a moment and think about what is the most natural fit that they can either provide or look at from an overall marketing perspective, whether it's engagement with their clients, and how will they actually institutionalize that within their business practice. So for example, let's say, you know, nobody should be afraid of AI. AI is simply going to replace a bunch of jobs currently that is a high degree of automation. 
But what it's going to do, it's also going to create opportunity, opportunity for us as human beings to be more creative, to be more intuitive, and to be able to identify ways that we can better serve our customers. So realtors really have an opportunity to elevate, to reimagine what kind of service can they provide for their client base. You see all kinds of new platforms that are coming into play in terms of mixed reality, augmented reality, in terms of how they market their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's going to be a platform. You know, looking at all of the things that are happening from a buying and selling perspective in terms of the new websites that are popping up as well, potentially a CRM tool that will help them manage their client base so that they don't lose sight of who has come across their interactions and how do you nurture that client base? Because from what I understand and what I've observed is the biggest opportunity that realtors have is their network effect. And what I mean by that is the more they serve, the more value they provide, they can start to scale that and really take advantage of the relationships that they start to harness, because this is really a business of personal interactions. Oh, yes. And we're going to be getting into that. It's almost in this way, talking about moving into the future, you have used the term hyper-personalization, really anticipating what clients are going to want. Absolutely. When you think about the role of the realtor, you know, there's the whole rise of prop tech and, you know, how does that fit into my world? What kind of services can I start to offer my clients that go beyond the role because they really are looking for value. I mean, at the end of the day, if you can't provide value added services to your client, they will simply go elsewhere. And that's just a reality. And one of the things that we can think about is hyper-personalization. I mean, that is a massive trend. And it's really about how do I best understand my clients? How do I use the data that's out there to understand their taste, their preferences, um, anticipate their needs, um, you know, potentially even building a different model um, around a hub and spoke model, potentially in terms of, you know, I'm going to connect you to other professionals, such as think about the transaction, you need financing, you potentially need home renovations, you need movers, you need access to tradespeople, you need, uh, you know, city approvals, etc. If you can provide gateways, imagine, People value when you share knowledge and you can share those knowledge through insights and you create these new pathways and that will very naturally and organically start to fuel your business. Not to mention that you're saving me as a client a whole ton of legwork. I don't have time to be reading all the reviews on everybody. And if you've already done the research and you've got years of experience and a trusted relationship with these people that you can say, yeah, I totally recommend her or him, then really you've done me a big favor. And if she or he doesn't work out, I know who I can go back to and say, what happened there, right? So that hub and spoke, it's like reaching out with a hand at the same time. It's a wonderful, wonderful concept. Wonderful. Thank you. Coming up, how you as a leader can spot an innovator in your own backyard, front office, right there under your nose. Have you visited Crea Cafe lately? It's a virtual spot that's also your reliable source for all things real estate, from the latest news and statistics to legal matters and advocacy updates. 
Stay connected to the wonderful world of Canadian real estate at creacafe.ca. Now, back to Dr. Chitra Anand, honored by the Globe and Mail as one of 2022's top changemakers. She's with us here on Real Time, presented to you by the Canadian Real Estate Association. Let's take on the role of leader here, Doctor. How can you identify your innovators internally? And what attributes should we as leaders be looking for? Absolutely. Um, I think leaders will either make or break this. They have all of the um, opportunity to really identify who these people are. um, And it's incumbent upon them to be able to see some of these um, entrepreneurs inside their organization. I've got a list of many different attributes, but I'll just give you a handful to start. So sure, sure. You know, entrepreneurs can attract and recognize similar kinds of people. And what I mean by that is they are driven by a different motivation. And that is really to have their work have a great purpose. And they're able to find people and other people who want to make a difference, who want to have impact, who want to take their skills and capabilities and really apply it in a meaningful way. At the end of the day, You know, the reason why we talked about the great resignation is that if you look at some of the studies on it, it's that people just didn't feel connected. They didn't feel like their work had a true impact. And I think about the role of a a realtor. They're having huge impact. This is not just a transaction business, but they're having huge impacts on people's lives, on their livelihoods, on their work life. On, on how they build families, on the roots that they create, etc. So think about the actual implications of the work that they can do. Um, entrepreneurs know how to break rules systematically. And this is interesting because, you know, when you think about innovation, these people know how to do it in a way that is not going to fundamentally, you know, hurt an organization or an industry per se, but it will definitely... Um, they don't stop at the no. They will certainly find a different pathway, even if they're redirected and they, because they're driven by a deeper sense of purpose. My last one I would just say is, you know, entrepreneurs are certainly can spot trends and these people kind of see the future. And I talk a lot about my um, idea of foresight is creating foresight rather than hindsight. And mm. these people are readers, they're researchers, they're travelers. Uh, they're thinkers, they're like these walking ethnographers, you know, I always encourage people to go sit in the coffee shop and look and see around you what's actually happening. People are building businesses, people are, you know, it's a really interesting exercise. And these people take these insights, and they bring them back into their work, or their organization. In my work, I often talk about this outside in perspective. And what that is, essentially, is like, you know, Everything that we do in life, Aaron, be it work or personal, is dictated by, you know, culture, um, politics, uh, economics, etc. So mm-hmm. being able to take those insights and bring them back into an organization is absolutely critical. All right, then. So how do you go about building a culture that keeps, attracts, and maybe even creates these types of employees? Can you do that? You sure can. I mean, you absolutely can. And, you know, one of the things that I talk about is the role of leadership, but also um, unlearning some learned behaviors, Mm. unlearning some learned behaviors. And we are all of us a product of our constructs in terms of 
the learnings that we've had, and then we take them into our personal and business lives, it translates into how we do business. So, you know, how we make decisions, for example, um, a lot of the decisions that we make are based on assumptions. And assumptions, Erin, are preconceived ideas and notions. Now, those notions may or may not be correct. However, as human beings, we believe that we're being much more efficient because we're basing it on a set of data, but that data may not be correct. So for example, you'll hear things like, we've tried that before, it's going to be too expensive, um, we're going to need a ton of resources. But what I would encourage is for people to actually challenge what we currently know. So if we're in the realtor industry, for example, we've always done things a certain way. This is just not going to work. It's going to be um, stopped by because of our governing policies or because of regulations or because of the way the city is run or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But if you actually start from ground zero and challenge every single assumption that you have and go back to the raw data and facts, you start from the bottom up. So you start to build new knowledge. So for example, and I know he's not the most popular right now, but like Elon Musk. I knew you were going to say him. (laughs) He's not the most popular. However, you know, undoubtedly, he's probably one of the most controversial thinkers of our time. For example, when he wanted to make electric cars, people thought he was crazy because the entirety of it would be too expensive. But what he did is he broke it down by the different sections of the actual raw material that went into making the car and he found a less expensive battery. Now look at them now, we're making mass electric cars. Mm -hmm. So my point is, if we make those assumptions, you need to break down every single component of it and challenge each one. And when you start to do that, then you build new knowledge and then you can start to create new ways of thinking. And and that's really, truly a component of entrepreneurial behavior. Can you make realistic changes as a small business, you know, without being the Elon Musks of the world, for better or worse, or, or at least adopt an entrepreneurial mindset, doctor? A hundred percent, Erin. I mean, you know, it's interesting because when I started my research and because of where I grew up in these large complex organizations, the thesis really was around large complex organizations. However, if you're a small business, you have a natural advantage because you're not large and complex. You have control and elements of control and you've got, you know, ways that you can challenge. You can do these micro experiments, you know, so, so you have the advantage of size and there is less complexity. So you actually are able to do that at a smaller scale. However, at a much more impactful scale, because you can start to have those um, conversations or those challenging uh, notions with yourself, with your team, with your brokerage, etc., and and start to institutionalize that from within. And the ideas that you've floated, things like mixed augmented reality, CRM systems, and even brokerages with their own custom namesake apps, those aren't huge expenditures of either finances or effort. It's just maybe a bit of a learning curve. Well, I mean, you're seeing lots of realtors developing their own apps and developing an app is not a huge capital investment. Mm-hmm. Um, we are seeing things in the market where, um, I, in fact, I just saw this study that uh, 61% of real estate companies adopted a technology solution uh, and only uh, um, 28% have actually embraced it. So there's a lot of work to be 
done. But what's interesting about the app is there's a new term about keeping the agent front and center in the process um, with technology systems. So think of it like this, almost reverse engineering it. And I know it can be overwhelming at times because of this whole tech play, but the technology is just a platform. The agent and the realtor is really what's powering the relationship between the consumer. So, you know, that's really important. And you want to think of it as how do I leverage whatever technology platform it is? Or, you know, how do I use something of that to help me better serve my clients to have a, um, you know, whether it's a, 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 you know, we talked about personalization, um, a better understanding of my customer, a more personal relationship with them. Uh, how do I best anticipate their needs? How do I make the buy-sell process a little less intimidating and maybe more efficient? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the types of things that the technology does. And we're starting to see the industry um, starting to, to take advantage of things of such nature. When we return with Dr. Anand, moving from looking at futuristic ideas and AI to the most important and basic tool in your many layered arsenal. You're also going to hear me mention Realtors Care, and it's a national guiding principle celebrating the great charitable work done by the Canadian realtor community. You can help raise awareness for the charities and causes closest to you by sharing your story using hashtag Realtors Care on your social media platforms. And now back to our final segment and our actionable end note with Dr. Chitra Anand, tech exec, keynote speaker and author of The Greenhouse Approach and our very special guest on Real Time. Well, let's break it down from the shiny steel of tech in our minds to the most basic heartfelt trust in the relationship. Let's talk about trust here for realtors, if you don't mind, the importance of building trust with clients. Well, trust is everything when it comes to business and and specifically when it comes to realtors. You know, people are dealing with the most valuable asset that they may have. And trust is at the core of everything that we do in the business profession, you know, at large, you know, it's interesting, people base all business transactions on a high degree of trust. So it is paramount that trust is at the core of everything that a realtor or anybody, quite frankly, in business does, uh, in order for that uh, relationship to be successful. Right. And and we're not buying a pizza here. We are buying a home. And this is exponentially more emotional, more financially involved. There's just so much resting on this decision and this trust because we're coming to the realtor, right? The marketplace is coming to you and trusting you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when I think about it, and I've done some research on trust, quite obvious things that, 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 that come into play when you think about trust. How do I practice trust? How do I start to garner trust? How do I start to harness trust with my client base? And, you know, a, a big part of that is transparency. And it's, you know, having the best interest of your client at the core of what you do. Sometimes, you know, because of these transactions, we're driven by different motivators and different things that motivate us to do the things that we do. But, you know, when you translate that into transparency, and integrity, 
um, you start to really, really think about the the, the role of trust and, and and how do you start to cultivate that? Uh, I talk a lot about reciprocity. Like, how do we actually? I mean, trust is a very it's, you know we have to be vulnerable in order to trust. And when you think mm. about the transaction of your home and the and the size of the transaction, we are vulnerable, right? We're we're disclosing a lot of very personal information, and so vulnerability is in a heightened state. And so I would encourage realtors to think about reciprocity. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's a give and take. I'm going to give you a little bit and that person's going to give it back and in how you start to build those relationships and those dynamics. And that's sort of the foundation of how you build trust. And once you do that, you have to start to practice that at scale. And then you'll start to see that flourish from within your organization or from within the, the business uh, transactions that you do. And also because you have researched into trust, you have undoubtedly noticed that in the past few years, trust seems to be eroding everywhere. The things we trusted, the people we trusted, all of a sudden, everybody's saying, well, that's not true because I have an opinion, you know? So, so trust, it's not as common at all as it used to be pre-pandemic. Well, I think that's a really interesting point, Erin. I think, you know, the pandemic has revealed so much. I mean, I would say that we are in a bit of a trust crisis and we're trying to rebuild from that, right. um, you know, be it, you know, from a political perspective, a leadership perspective, um, it, the trust is at an all time low when you look at it from citizens and consumers and um, you know, we're dealing with mass information. People don't know what kind of, which content to, to trust um, you know, media, you know, the headlines and, 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 the, and, the, and people trust, are they supposed to trust media? Do they not trust media? You right. know, people are, are questioning the sources of information and the data points. So, you know, it, we are certainly in a trust crisis. So we have opportunity. You know, I'm an optimist. <laughs> I believe that is in this industry for realtors, I just see opportunity to be this gateway of, you know, building and having deeper more symbiotic relationships with your clients. And, you know, I talked a little bit about it before, but, you know, really providing value added. And, you know, I mean, to, to not end the relationship just at the transaction of your home, but start to, you know, really cultivate and nurture and to see what other, you know, diversified services. And what that does essentially is, you know, you start to develop referrals and, and you and you sort of build this network effect where you have more people connected to you. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, if you're referred to a client, people will trust you because of your referral. People don't do these cold transactions anymore because, you know, they want to trust their friends and family. They trust their friends and family. Therefore, the transactions that you do with your clients are absolutely critical because that will be a core pillar of how you start to magnify and scale your business. Yeah. Yeah. We're to the point now in our society where we only trust the people that we know. And and, and to go back to the pizza analogy, I'll only order a pizza from a place that A, I know, or B, has really good reviews on a site that I trust. So this is where we're building our community. And I should also mention, too, that CREA members and their community outwork, too, like working out in the community and showing that they care for the same causes that their potential clientele care for is also a really great way of building trust. It's a realtor's care, and it's pretty amazing that they do this. Absolutely. Let me ask you one more before we start to wrap up for today. And that is, Doctor, where do trust and business innovation overlap? It sounds like one of them is as old as time. 
And the other one is more like, you know, sort of futuristic. So where do the two overlap? Well, it's an interesting question, right? Because you don't, you might not make the correlation, but I think there's huge correlation there is, you know, for example, I mean, if you buy a Apple product or a Microsoft product or a Samsung phone, you assume, you trust that the innovation that's coming out of these new technologies are going to be good, high quality, and it's going to last you a while, right? I mean, so organizations and people, I mean, when you think about realtors, they have a responsibility back to their client base because that's how you build trust and credibility over time is that, you know, whatever product and service you are constantly creating or diversifying or bringing to market, people will trust that that is of high quality, you know, and that's sort of how you cultivate that relationship. So I think there is a correlation between the two and, and people are looking to businesses and entrepreneurs to help them guide the way. So whether you are a product or service, whatever you start to put out in the market, you know, needs to be highly credible. And that's where the trust comes in. So, you know, there there is a correlation there. And so, you know, the more you do, the more you practice, um, uh, the more you start to, to to develop your businesses, however you're going to start to do, you know, hyper personalization or whether it's an app or whether it's value added services or or reaching out, you know, whether you, you adopt this, you know, hub and spoke model, um, you know, trust is at the core because that's how you're going to attract and retain and start to, you know, flourish your business models. Yeah. And, and you've got an organization like CREA that provides governance process and some level of a platform where people can go for information as well. I mean, we've been mentioning them throughout the podcast today. Absolutely. I mean, I think that CREA is an invaluable resource to realtors and to the market as a whole in terms of, you know, what are the market trends? What's happening from an overall governance perspective? Um, what are the, the, the changes in the market? Um, and, and it's going beyond just housing, but in terms of how is inflation impacting us? So people are actually going to organizations such as CREA to publish, you know, thought leadership articles because, you know, we talked about trusted content, you know, where, you know, we don't go to the media anymore so much because we're not, we're not so sure about that content, but organizations like CREA have an opportunity to really start to harness their thought leadership, their insights, their trends, et cetera. So they can start to build that community and really leverage and flex that muscle as a, as a trusted source of content for their audiences. Wonderful. Okay, we're going to wrap up here on an actionable end note. And I think the dog will be happy we're wrapping up. I know, I heard that too. I'm I know. so sorry. Do you have nothing to apologize for? Um, all right. So we're asking you, doctor, if you could, and I know this is asking a lot because you've got a lot of wisdom, a lot of passion, and we are so grateful to you for sharing it with us today. What one piece of advice would you give our listeners to help them make more impactful, innovative business decisions? Okay, I'm going to give you my top two because these are, I had three, but I'm going to give you my top two. Number one. Oh, oh you're going to leave us hanging? With <laughs> okay, here you go. We are, regardless of what discipline or industry we're in, we're all business people and we're solving for a problem. And so understand the value that you bring to your clients from a problem solving lens and take that to create foresight. Now, what I mean by that is so easy for us to say, oh, I, you know, looking back and if you've had failures or if things didn't work out or, you know, um, there's been disruption in the market, it's, it's easy to say, 
I saw that coming or that was going to come, you know, the writing was on the wall. We didn't see that, but it's harder to create foresight around that. It's so much easier to go back and do a postmortem of things that have happened. But our job as business people is to stay relevant, to stay ahead of the game. We saw it in COVID. Okay, what's coming down the pipes? What is happening in my market, in my industry that I need to be ahead of the curve? Always be on the foresight um, scale of that. Number two, find your niche. Real estate market, is. let's face it, it's a saturated market. It is a saturated market. The job, the uh, opportunity that you have is to differentiate yourself. Do not boil the ocean. You cannot be everything to everyone. There is a lot of things that are happening. And, you know, take the time to figure out what is the low hanging fruit? What is the most natural fit in terms of how do you diversify your offerings? How do you customize what you do? How do you create hyper-personalization? How do you connect with your customers? How do you create a more um, engaging marketing campaign around your offerings? Tap into some of the new technologies that are happening. What can I actually embed to take some of the burden off of my clients? Can I make it less intimidating? Can I make it more efficient? How can I do that to ease the burden of my client to make it a much more engaging experience where you have a human connection at the core. Beautiful. And I do happen to know that your third prong here, because we cannot leave our listeners wondering what that third thing was, was about elevating your role to be more than a transaction. Is that right? (laughs) I mean, in my research, I was, you know, wouldn't it be so interesting to reimagine the real tour, you know, with the rise of prop tech and, um, you know, how does that, how do I embed that in my offering? You know, how do I take my role and make it so much more? So what if this real tour became, you know, this, this point of knowledge or insights that goes beyond just the sell of my home, but really helps me navigate some of the things that I need to um, down the road. And then that will certainly help cultivate other opportunities as well. But really think out of the box in terms of what is this role and how do I evolve it to make it much more meaningful and a value add offering back to my client? Wonderful. Well, it comes as no surprise to anyone who has listened to this episode with you today, Dr. Anand, why the Globe and Mail named you one of 2022's top change makers. And we wish you all the best moving ahead. Thank you. And looking ahead, which is what you do so well. Thank you. It's been an honor to be here and a wonderful dialogue. Thank you so much. And thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Real Time, the podcast brought to you by the Canadian Real Estate Association. Be sure to visit crea.ca to access valuable resources and discover more fantastic real estate-related content. Thank you again to Dr. Chitra Anand. And as always, if you liked what you've heard, hit that subscribe button, won't you? Real Time is a production of Alphabet Creative with Rob Whitehead and Real Family Productions on the tech side. I'm Erin Davis, and we'll talk to you next time on Real Time.